you think of conversations, there's so many different conversations. You may have happy. And there needs to be deadly conversations too. Mm. Conversations, you know, when somebody dies and you have that conversation and the same thing in sexual intimacy, if sex is not mutually pleasing to both, if he's like, come give me a blow job Mm -hmm. and you're like, you know what? That does nothing for me. Yeah. Then, then that shouldn't be a part of your sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. And if that is, then you're missing each other. Mm-hmm. If she's like, this is the only way I like it. And he's like, I want to try something different. Mm-hmm. Then you may have to say, you know what? I'm comfortable with this because this is the way my mother told me it should happen. You may have to say, let me get out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. We're, it's so easy to just remain and not have the conversations that would be, you know, those those hard conversations. Mm. But those hard conversations are the one that you that move you from one depth of intimacy to a deeper depth of intimacy. Hey, girl, it's Myrisha Franklin, your host and founder of Wife Life. I am so glad you decided to stop by and join the conversation today. Here at the Wife Life Podcast, we are dedicated to connecting you to godly wisdom and practical tips that will help you in your everyday wife life. So listen up. I just want to encourage you as we get this conversation started to come in with an open mind, an open heart, and listening ears so that you can receive. All right? Okay, let's go. Hey, welcome back. It's season four, episode two of the Wife Life Podcast. The theme for this month is sex. Today, we have the privilege of talking to Robin McKelvey. Robin has been married to Ray for 33 years, and they still have so much fun together. They have 17 children total. Seven were miscarriages who are now in heaven, and they had the pleasure of raising 10 children, ages ranging from 13 to 32. Robin is the author of two books, SOS, Sick of Sex, and Say It Loud, Becoming Your Husband's Personal Cheerleader. You can purchase these books at RobinMcKelvey.com. She also teaches at family, marriage, and women's conferences. Robin has appeared on many different podcasts discussing the topics of marriage, motherhood, and blended families. Robin and Ray also enjoy traveling to speak at Family Life's Weekend to Remember Marriage Conferences, which they have participated in for the past 25 years. Okay, I have a fun fact for all my Kansas City locals. She and her husband, Ray, also helped plant a church in Kansas City, Missouri, at the time was called New Hope Bible Church and currently known as Koinonia Bible Church. They served there for 10 years. Present day, Robin serves at Christ for the Nations Church, a multi-ethnic congregation in Nashville, Tennessee, where her husband, Ray, is the lead pastor. Robin likes all things people. She loves talking to mentoring, sharing with, loving on, connecting with, going out with, hanging out with, et cetera, et cetera. All right, let's see what Robin has to say about sex. Miss Robin, it's so good to have you on the Wife Life Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Our theme for this month is sex. Why do you think that it's important for Christians to talk about sex? Well, I think it's important because Christians haven't talked about sex at all. And now we have people go on a a ride when it comes to sexual intimacy. Mm. And I think we need to bring it back to why God created it, what he created it for, and and then to make sure that we're teaching that to younger people coming behind us. And that's my excitement about being on this podcast, because you're a younger woman. I've been married 33 years, (laughs) and I love being married. 
And I love sexual intimacy, but I know there's a lot of women that don't love it. Mm -hmm. And so we need to bring it back to its basic concept. Why did God create this? He created sexual intimacy so that we could be more intimate with one person that he wants us to be the most intimate with for our lifetime. Yeah. And so we need to bring it back to what it was created for. That was the original creation, just to keep us intimate with each other. I love That's that. That's right. So do you have any personal stories or experience experiences? With, with sex? <laughs> oh, I got many. <laughs> oh, honey, I got many. Well, listen, this is where I want to start with this. Now, and I believe sexual intimacy is another conversation. Hmm. What I mean by that is think about if you had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You didn't know, like this was the very first time you were meeting her. Mm-hmm. You didn't know down the road how intimate of a connection you guys would have. Yeah. So this is your first conversation. You have this little conversation and you go on about your business. Mm-hmm. And then you come back and the next time you have a more intimate conversation, you're like, wow, I want to get to know her better, you know, because, wow, we we have some stuff that's similar here. Then you go on, come back and you have an even deeper conversation and it draws you to her. And so if I take that and look at that in the same way as sexual intimacy is, like, let's say that you get married, you're looking forward to this sexual relationship that you're going to have. Number one, You have certain ideals of what you think this sex is going to be. And then a lot of us won't even talk to our spouses about it because we're like, I don't want to offend them or I don't want them to feel like I don't love it. Mm -hmm. But we're not talking, so we're not even breaking down so that there's mutual pleasure for both. Yeah. Well, this conversation that you're having builds a deeper intimacy if you're having it with your spouse. Yeah. Because you got to have a little conflict. My husband says it this way. Conflict builds intimacy. Hmm. So with your girlfriend, think about it. When you had that relationship and y'all had that one little incident. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, you know, and then you talk about it. You talk till one, two, three in the morning <laughs> until you've come to a mutual understanding. Yeah. And then the relationship continues to build. And some of us are do or die. That's my do or die sister. Yeah. I love her that much. Yeah. But we won't have that with our husbands because the enemy has us believing you're going to wound his ego. You're going to wound all these different things. And so we're not having this intimate conversation, which builds deeper intimacy with him. So what about when you try to have a conversation and they shut down or maybe they are super sensitive, you know, and, and sometimes it could be the way that we as women approach them. You know what I mean? I guess that's a part of the older women teaching us how to love our husbands. But I mean, I think based on different things that I've heard, sometimes people try to have conversations and they work and then sometimes they don't go anywhere, you know? Okay. That's absolutely right. But think about this. You'd married him to love, to cherish until what? Death do us Death part. do you part. So this is the thing. If you had a relationship with anybody else and, and you said, I'm going to be in this relationship until we die. Mm-hmm. If at first you don't succeed, what do you need to do? Try, try again. And so every time when this brother thinks that she's going to continue to be on me, shall I? I'm having this conversation because you're not just having this conversation just to have it. You're having it to pursue intimacy with him. Right. You want to go deeper with him. You, you know, 
You want to be more intimate with him than your intimacy that you have with your mother and that you have with your best girlfriend. I think that's the most important thing you do. You want to break down these walls that the enemy would have you live with the rest of your life so you're not intimate enough with your husband Mm -hmm. so God's glorified. The relationship that I have with my husband isn't just for us. It's so that God is glorified through it. So others can see this glory and want to know how we got it. And this is the thing. We need to understand this because there will be no sex in heaven. And so we better get it here because that's all you get. Right. We need to go ahead and get it in. (laughs) Not just get it in, but get it so that we understand this intimacy Mm -hmm. that we're going to have even greater even better than any orgasm you can probably have mm. with the with the Lord himself one day. Yeah. And so we got to get this. We can't just decide he's shut down. He's he doesn't want to have this this conversation. It's it's too wounding for him. Where did that woundedness come from? I'll give you another example. My husband was sexually abused as a child. Mm-hmm. He shared this with me prior to us getting married. And so as we were going through marriage, it became that our sexual intimacy was being dogged by this thing that he had that had happened to him in his youth. Mm-hmm. And so I'm having this conversation. He would say, it's not you, Robin. It's not you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, what do we need to do? So we, yeah. he did counseling, but, but I think counseling's good, but there's a time when counseling needs to stop and conversation with your spouse has to begin mm. to such a level that he's so safe with me yeah. that nothing is off limits. And so in that same way, if you have a husband out there, lady, I don't know who you are that doesn't want to have this conversation or it. Are you safe to him? Can he approach you without feeling like, you know, she looks down on me or she doesn't honor me or she doesn't respect me? Or how are you saying what you're saying to him? Because a lot of us have gotten comfortable relating to children that we sometimes treat our husband like they're our ch- our child. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that would make him... You know, be like, hold up, she's not safe. Mm-hmm. But when you get to a place where you're safe, your husband wants to share everything with you. And you should be able to receive and want to share everything with him. Because safety is another thing that brings intimacy. When you think of conversations, there's so many different conversations. You may have happy. And there needs to be deadly conversations, too. Mm. Conversations, you know, when somebody dies and you have that conversation and The same thing in sexual intimacy, if sex is not mutually pleasing to both, if he's like, come give me a blowjob and you're like, you know what? That does nothing for me. Yeah. Then, then that shouldn't be a part of your sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. And if that is, then you're missing each other. Mm. If she's like, this is the only way I like it. And he's like, I want to try something different. Mm -hmm. You may have to say, you know what? I'm comfortable with this because this is the way my mother told me it should happen. You may have to say, let me get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to just remain and not have the conversations that would be, you know, those 
those hard conversations. Mm. But those hard conversations are the one that that move you from one depth of intimacy to a deeper depth of intimacy. Yeah. And what I hear you saying is one, um, compromise. You know, you have to compromise and meet each other's needs because I think there's always a fear of like, well, if I don't do this, then he's not going to be pleased. You know what I mean? So then sometimes women fall into the trap of just pleasing and and that's right. Please. And, and it's, and, and some men make them feel like that. Like, well, this is, this is the way it should be. And you should basically be up to this standard and be able to do this. And because this is what I want. The other thing I heard you saying was endurance. Like this conversation is a long conversation. That's right. <laughs> Pretty long much suffering. Yeah. You know, and I say long suffering because it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some really hard, challenging things that you have to talk about. And it's not going to be easy to do that. You have to have a personal relationship with Christ. Yes. And I'm talking to the woman whose husband has a personal relationship with Christ too. Because if if you're involved with somebody who is self-centered, but they say they know Christ, you need to pray for their relationship with Christ. Come on now. Because the whole thing is are not being selfish. Sexual intimacy was never supposed to be selfish. Mm. So if I'm saying, you better get with the program and like what I like, because I like it, then he is not wanting to be a sacrificial servant. And, And it's important that even sexually, we display the love the honor, and the glory of God. And so if you decide sexually, this is all about me, then you've already gotten all your props. But if you decide, I want to mutually please her, and I want to mutually please him, then God is getting the glory out of this. You said a word earlier when you said that basically pray, because a lot of times we are in so many different situations where we're stuck. We're stuck. Yes. And we we don't even see how this conversation that you're talking about is even possible. You know, it sounds good, Miss Robin, but you don't know where I am right now. You know, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like. No, that's what you, that's what people are saying. Yeah. Like you don't understand where we, you don't know my husband. You can't see our situation. That sounds good. That's lovely. But what I would say to you is prayer just to see God work. I mean, my personal experience is truly fasting and prayer and allowing God to work, you know, because everything's not going to happen overnight. Everything. That's right. If you're in a situation that looks dim, that looks dark, and you do not see the light of day of how it could possibly be this wonderful conversation that Mrs. Robin is sharing with us and giving us hope about pray and ask God to move, you know, and and he will and trust and don't try to do it on your own. I think that's the other thing that we get in the habit of doing. We pray and then we start to strategize on how we're going to. That's right. And this is the thing I shared with you that I have 10 kids. Yeah. I shared with you that my husband was sexually abused. I shared with you also that he had to go to counseling during that time. I'm having baby after baby after baby. Wow. My husband's in counseling for sexual abuse that he experienced as a child, and it's affecting him as an adult. Mm. And so what do I do? During the time when he's away, I fast. Mm. Now remember, I'm pregnant all the time, all right? So I can only fast a certain amount of hours during that day. Mm. 
But from breakfast, when I got up in the morning and I knew on that Monday morning that it was time for him to go have that session, mm-hmm. that was my time to fast until mm-hmm. afternoon. Now, I, I don't want to injure this baby that God has housed in me. Right. So I know I have to eat. I don't want to be passing out someplace. Right. So my fasting has to be sensible. Yes. But fast still, I'm still surrendering something yes. to the Lord. Let him know this is important to me. Lord, I think it's, I got to be desperate about it. Yes. And I want to be desperate about this relationship that has so affected my husband, even before I knew him, Mm. you know, even before he knew what all of this stuff that's happening to him was about. Yeah. But I want this totally gone, Lord. So I'm going to give up these meals and use that time as praying time mm-hmm. to sit before the Lord. I'm still fixing breakfast for the little ones I have at home, still carrying another baby, but I'm fasting because I'm desperate for God's control over this area. Mm-hmm. And I tell you one thing, I have a different husband wow. that I had when I first married and you can too. If you're listening to this podcast, you can have a different husband or a different relationship than you ever had, but you're not going to get it in and of yourself, ladies. Yes. And that means giving up some stuff. And we don't like giving up some stuff because truth is we're pretty self-centered ourselves. Right. Come on now. You're praying for your, you're praying for your spouse because the enemy has used something in his life to hold him down. Mm. And he is the leader of the relationship. Ephesians tells us that. Mm. If you don't believe me, I don't even have to say, look at Ephesians 5. It's down there in the 20s or the 30s. But you look at Ephesians 5 and you can see that God created the man to be the leader in the relationship. You think I like to say that? <laughs> I think I would be a pretty good leader, but right? that was not the role mm. God created me to get, to have. And so if he wants my husband to be the leader in the relationship, he needs help. And the best way I can help him is praying and fasting and talking to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords on his behalf. It's time for us to quit the games yeah. because the enemy has us running around in circles, staying the same. Mm. And we need to make sure that we are always moving more towards not only this relationship with our husband, but moving more towards the Lord. And if you're moving towards the Lord and your husband is moving towards the Lord, the closer you get to the Lord, the closer you get to your husband. That's good. And we want God to be glorified and then he gets the glory of it. And I just want to add, I'm going to say to you listening, yes, you, are you really willing to put in the work? Because that's what Miss Robin is telling us to do. We got to put in work. And a lot of times we are selfish and we want to see what's wrong with him. And we do see what's wrong with him. And, and it's real. It You know, it's real. But at the same time, are you willing to put in the work to make this marriage work? Can I, I change think- one of your words real fast? Yes, I don't please. want them to say what's wrong with him. Mm. I want them to say what's different with him. Because it's not that anything is wrong with him. There are some things that have happened and they're different than your own experiences. There are some things that God created in him that are totally different than he's created in you. And guess what? I believe they're purposeful. Even the bad things? Well, I don't know what you mean by bad. 
because I mean, your selfish behavior is just as bad. Your selfishness and you thinking something is wrong with him is just as bad before God. I mean, and I'm not, listen, ladies, I'm not saying if that brother is out running around on you, that that's not totally bad if you've decided to stay. But that's another thing you need to stay on your knees about. And don't keep washing his face in past affairs or something like that. Because we get people in here, this is my husband's office, mm-hmm. but we get people in here all the time that we're talking to, counseling with, encouraging. You said yes to being his wife and staying. Yes, he had this affair, but we need to work on this side of the affair, not staying here or remaining here. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to remain here. And so, yes, there are some things that maybe, you know, what you consider wrong, but I, I would consider some of the, and I'm putting quotes over this wrong, wrong things, areas that haven't been surrendered. Hmm. Because if we can get this to a place where this man is like, who's been praying for me? Hmm. Because there's this area I got to give up. And then they can go and share that area with other brothers before they walk that same path. And God is glorified in it. Yeah, that's There's nothing wrong. There's some areas that may be different. Yeah, But unless you're going to give me specifics, I think sometimes we call wrong areas, areas that God hasn't been able to redeem. I like that. And and if he redeems something, it's made new. Yeah. Really, the theme of what you're saying is being all in. Because what I hear you saying is that we pretty much live in a sinful world and we all have areas, flaws. Um, That's right. About us that are not good, that That's can, right. can be surrendered, that can be changed. And I see what you're saying as far as changing your perspective of how you see him and how you That's see my air quotes the things that are wrong with him. That's um, right. Absolutely. And when you see it that way, as I'm listening to you, if, if I see it as, in, let's just say selfish, since we talked about selfish, let's say he's extremely self-centered. Mm-hmm. If I see that as an area that needs to be redeemed to God, that gives me hope in the sense that I know there's something I can do about that in the form of prayer and fasting. And fasting. Absolutely. That's good. So if That's- we pull that back to sexual intimacy, we need to know that we're not on this struggle bus by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but none of us know it because we're too ashamed. Yeah. Well, where did that shame come from? The yeah. shame comes from the enemy yeah. who does not want you to believe that God is powerful enough to take this mess that the enemy has thrown you into and redeem it and bring it out of the pit yeah. and make it something that brings glory to him. That's good. When I listen to you, I, I listen to you and I say, she's all in. And I think oh. sometimes as women, as wives, I don't know if we're all in, mm-hmm. you know, when I, you're talking to the woman that is serious about making her marriage work, you know, and sometimes we go through life and, and we get accustomed to the way the, that the world and society does things. And we're like, it don't take all that. We don't need to do all of that, you know, and, and what Miss Robin is saying to us today is it does take all that. And if you want your marriage to work, and if you are serious about creating something new and it blossoming into what God has for you, as well as what you see for yourself, it takes all of that. And if, and if you want that, will you be willing to do all of that? That's what I hear you saying, because I know that we all can be at different stages in our life. We all can be at different phases of um, our relationship with Christ or lack thereof, 
or even prayer. Sometimes we we're in church, but we're not really intimately connected with the spirit of God. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what I hear you saying is as you are more and more intimately connected with the spirit of God, you will be able to become more intimately connected with your husband and you will see a world of difference. The antidote is to go all in and to pursue Christ in a way that maybe you haven't before and ask for his help. That's right. Can I share? I love that you said antidote because about 12 years ago, I wrote this book called SOS Sick of Sex. And I wrote it because a bunch of young people were coming up to me saying, how can you love sexual intimacy? And I'm saying, it's been a journey. And I'm going to tell you about a good, good father. And so all of these different ways came to me and I put them in a book. And this, I believe, is the way that we get through this journey with the sickness that the enemy has put on us. Mm -hmm. And it is an antidote. And I wrote another book called Say It Loud, Mm -hmm. Becoming Your Husband's Personal Cheerleader. And that's a whole different topic. I mean, that's a whole different thing. That's good. That's good. You've given us so much hope um, just being an example of of what you were speaking. And so once again, I thank you so much for joining us and just sharing your jewels with us. Seriously, I appreciate it. Girl, listen, that was good. I'm so glad you stopped by. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave a review. You can also sign up at thewifelifepodcast.com to receive updates every time we release a new episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cherish Wife Life. Just so you know, we release a new season of weekly episodes every other month. January, March, May, July, September, and November. If you haven't listened to all the other episodes, make sure you go back and listen. All right. Until next time, talk to you later.